What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. I'm your host, Christina Royster, and this week I was joined by a guest, Jesse Irwin, formerly Proctor, and on this episode we had a lot to talk about, so it is a longer episode, but we recorded this on Zoom, so keep that in mind. If you hear any technical difficulties, just act like you didn't hear them, okay? <laughs> now, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening, rate and review it, and follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO podcast and special announcement YBO now has a YouTube channel so you can find young black and opinionated on YouTube as well all right enjoy the episode we're gonna start with put y'all on so if you guys are new to the show this is the segment where I share my favorite thing of the week it could be food music an app I'm trying whatever and so I just wanted to put my listeners on. This is like so grown of me and like so adultish, but I want to put my listeners on to Allstate Rewards because they have been coming in very clutch. I have Allstate auto insurance and as a member, you just like rack up rewards, I guess for safe driving. And so um, you can use these in their sweepstakes. They always have sweepstakes for like gift cards and stuff. I never win anything. So I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just do it. But around the holidays, I like really used all my points because I had like 90,000 points and I was like, all right, time to use this. Well, wouldn't you know it? I won something. I actually won an Ulta gift card, a CVS gift card, a Best Buy gift card. So if you are an Allstate member, check out Allstate Rewards. And in general, I just feel like rewards programs, some of them are really lucrative and some of them are like terrible like chipotle i think i talked about this on the podcast before you have to spend like a hundred dollars just to get a free entree but some of these other reward programs are really useful and all state they send a lot of annoying emails but at the bottom of their emails they always have a promo code for you to get more points so check your email folks i know everybody hates those marketing emails but i actually have like one email account just for all those annoying marketing emails and then a separate email account for like my actual emails. Yeah. So smart. So Jesse, what is your put y'all on this week? So I have a couple. Um, so one would be, um, so a fashion brand called Delouvre. They just, um, they were a, they had a pre-order for like their second collection and now it's like available. Um, and it's a young black graduate of Ooh. Fashion Institute of Technology. We like she that. Tommy Hilfiger before, you know, she's just done like such amazing things. Um, actually, when I was pregnant, she has these bralettes. Um, and because my body was all over the place changing, they were like the bag. Uh-oh, your sound cut out. Oh, wait, I can't hear you. Uh-oh. Wait, can you oh, hear me? Oh, there you go. Yep, you're back. They're like, oh, it's not even a name brand, so I don't want to pay that much money, blah, blah, blah. Like, I could buy Gucci, but, like, honestly, like, our culture, our name, our creativity is obviously marketable and profitable because that's why people are stealing it all the mm-hmm. damn time. So and we could talk about that too, but that actually brings up, not to cut you off, but how do you feel about non-Black people carrying Telfar bags? I just honestly, like, I am okay with sharing cultures because, um, 
I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of different cultures. Like my husband, he's Irish, but he grew up around all Dominican family oh, okay. And like, they've taught me so much stuff. I didn't know I was doing bachata with them. I'm eating certain <laughs> I love sharing culture. I think that's what America is about. Like we are a melting pot. We should share like, but I just don't like when people are kind of like profiting off other people's cultures and not respecting it or, you know, totally. Yeah. I don't like when people aren't respecting it. Like that's just not cool. Like even when people travel to different countries and they like, oh, like we're going to do the typical, they'll travel to Asian countries, wear certain stuff. And we're like, we're going to be like a typical Asian. Like Mm -hmm. that's really rude. Like, like it's rude. Like I love all different types of cultures. I love all different types of foods, like, but I respect it as well. So that's that's how I feel about that. And I also want to tell us Black people, when it's your young Black queen and king's brands, like, it's it has value. If it has value when people are stealing it from us, then it has value from the source. So, so. Yeah, a lot of people definitely do complain about the price of these Black-owned businesses, but you really have to think, like, most of them are made to order. They're, like, crafting it by yeah. hand they don't have the same funding as like forever 21 who can just print out 500 t-shirts at once that they so. stole that they yeah. stole these quotes from people like she's everything she does is made to order and she's like really passionate about that and i really respect it like awesome. i respect anybody's grind like and i love that type of stuff i love that type of stuff it's all really cute stuff and it's actually motivating me to get my you know milf body together <laughs> at all <laughs> That's awesome. Did you have another put y'all on or is that that it? Oh, I had one more. I started, I love sushi. That's like one of my favorite in the world. So I had this thing this week called pokey, pokey bowls. I think I've heard of that. It's and it's Hawaiian, but it's like a Hawaiian sushi. It's like I never even knew Hawaii was like big on like like sushi and stuff like that i thought it was only like an asian thing but it's not the case they um it's basically like sushi in a bowl so you put rice on the bottom you put if you like spicy tuna you put spicy tuna if you like uh california rolls you put crab you put you can put shrimp you can put whatever and that's your protein and then you can put like all different types of toppings like cabbage scallions corn whatever you want seaweed salad whatever you want and it's just like a bowl like that's cool but sushi and it's so good it's i've had i had like two yesterday (laughs) because i had one for lunch and then i was like i need that again like it was so good is there a specific restaurant you go to I go, it's in, I know there's probably a lot in North Jersey. I know there's probably a lot of them in North Jersey, but here I go to this place called Ohana. Okay. And yeah. It's basically just like build your own. It's like a Chipotle, but Ooh. and it's so good. I'm going to have to try that. Thank you. you. Turn it into a burrito. You can turn it, you can just have a rice bowl. You can turn it into a sushi roll. You can do whatever you want. Like, so it's really, really good. You just put me on. Cause I did not know about that. <laughs> Yes, try it. It's so good. All right, now we're going to jump into what to watch this week. So first, I just want to share with the audience that I think I've said this before. There's a lot of like classic Black movies I have yet to see. Like I didn't see Friday 
until like three years ago. So yeah, I'm still catching up with a lot of movies. And just this week, I watched Dead Presidents for the first time. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. So it's just interesting to me because I've always seen the, the movie poster for it, but when you watch the movie, I was not expecting to, the movie to be predominantly about this guy's time in Vietnam and the after effects. I just thought Dead Presidents was like a heist robbery movie. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. That's what got you. That's what got people like super interested about it. Like, you know, people love violence. They exactly. Love robberies. So, so when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is different. But it was yeah. still good. You know, it's a classic. I think it's from like 95 and Lorenz Tate, a young, gorgeous Lorenz love Tate. Him. So. Love him. Still looks the same. Right. So if you guys have not seen that, like me, it is available on Hulu. And also this week, I got bored and I started a new series, Shit's Creek. Have you guys seen this? Have you seen that? I've heard of it. I always hear about it. People are always sending GIFs. <laughs> so I'm like, every time they send me that, I'm like, what the hell is this from? But apparently it's really, really good. So I'm about to get into it. Yeah. So the reason I want to watch Shit's Creek is because I think it won like a bunch of Emmys. And I was like, all right, if it's winning this many Emmys, like it must be good. So I think the show is over now. I think it has six seasons and it's finally over. I'm watching it on Netflix and I'm only on season one so far, but it is pretty funny. So I like it. <laughs> and also this week I watched uh, this documentary called Crack, Cocaine, Corruption and Conspiracy. So I want to share this because a couple episodes ago I talked about Snowfall and um, then I watched a docuseries about Reagan and all of it is just really tying together. Like the eighties, we had the war on drugs. Reagan was a piece of shit, like <laughs> all this stuff. And so this documentary just dives a little bit deeper into how the cocaine, not cocaine, crack epidemic really affected the black community. And so um, they didn't just talk about people's health. Like obviously people took drugs, it was bad for their health. It was also bad for their safety because the more drugs that came in, the more money that came in, the more guns that came in. And it was also a threat to people's freedom because people were going to jail for this. Reagan was bringing in the drugs, but then cracking down and anybody found with even a gram of it was thrown into jail. So um, it just affected our communities in so many ways and communities of color were devastated. And uh, they actually had former dealers and users on this documentary, which was really interesting to me. You don't get to normally hear it like from the source. And one dealer said, I've seen people sell crack to their own mother. We were street capitalists that didn't care about anything but making money. Oh, wow. So it definitely was intense to watch. Um, and they talked about crack babies and how that was kind of just blown out of proportion by the media. They said only like, 10% of, not 10%, it was a very low number of babies born at that time were actually crack babies. So yeah. the uh, media was just romanticizing it. I hear that in music, like all the time, like. Yeah. Like if that, that's like a common insult, like in the mm. black community, like, oh, you were a crack baby or something like that. Yep. That's like, so that's like big in our culture. Exactly. And um they, they, oh, a former user said it was like chemical warfare on black communities. Where did it come from and why? So honestly, it just came out of nowhere and it completely took over our communities. Black and Latinx people had to deal with stress of living in a combat zone basically, because you didn't want to go outside your house. People were robbing and 
and murdering for crack. It was just a mess. And so it made me think about comparing it to how the government is handling the opioid crisis today. And Jesse and I went to the same high school. A lot of our classmates have passed away from opioid abuse. And I just wanted to get your perspective on like how drug problems are handled in the black community and how they're handled in the white community. I mean, right now, New Jersey has a whole campaign like to stop the opioid crisis. Yeah. Um, so I always will say that I love my number one quote and my husband always gets mad when I say this, but I'll, cause he's white, but he'll be like, I'll be like, it's not a pandemic until it's happening to white people also. Yep. Like it has been in and out of minority communities for years. Like we saw so many people like in our high school, like popping pills and that was the norm and nobody acted like anything happened mm-hmm. and then when all these people were passing away when we graduated everybody's like damn like I remember he was on that stuff like but yeah. nobody said nothing like people would literally get caught with things and not- I didn't know that people would get caught with things like these there was it wasn't um pills but these kids were they got caught one year they were like two grades below me and they got like caught with weed and it was this whole thing they called all they these gonna cops. slap on the wrist they called all these cops to make it seem like it was going to be this big thing and they were in school the next day so yeah. like it was yeah. just like i just feel like people don't take it seriously until it's happening to the masses which more often than not means white people that's <laughs> and, true and the thing is when you think about the crack epidemic, you always think about black people, people of color, but realistically, the documentary said the majority of people on crack were actually white. So right. we don't really hear about that. Right. And you you go to Camden and I'll and like you'll see if you see white people just walking around, you'll be like, "Up, oh, they're probably you know what reason they're here for." Like, mm-hmm. but people don't even bat an eye at that. That's yeah. fine. They can come here and do that, but it's like it's looked down upon like we are the negative ones we're the ones that are poisoning the community but really it's the masses mm-hmm. coming yeah really we're taking the fall that's what it is we're the scapegoat always yep and really the government is the one that well if you watch this documentary everyone you will see the government is the one that pushed these drugs into our community so it's not like we did it to ourselves we didn't ask for this you know but we had a lot of stress and yeah. as the documentary said, people like to relieve stress in different ways. And this drug 40 years later is still out there. People are still using it. And I hope that one day, uh, I think a woman in the documentary did say like, when a person is sick, like you get them treatment, but nobody was trying to get these people treatment. These people don't need to go to jail. They need to get help. Yeah. So I don't know if that help will ever come. But all if you the time it. with drug crises, when people have overdoses, they have a drug to bring them back. Mm-hmm. And that person will go to rehab or something like that. But a lot of times rehab is not accessible. It's not yeah. accessible to people. So it's really hard to get people to wean it off themselves. Yeah. I've had plenty of family members that were alcoholics or on drugs and doing it themselves takes years Mm -hmm. like like 10 20 years when some people can just go to these resources go to these rehabs and they're already starting to get better within months like so really the healthcare system is not helping the people get through these things it's not accessible 
it's not covered by insurance. You have to pay thousands of dollars and people don't just have that despair, especially yeah. now. Like, yeah, I really hope that things change because this documentary was just more storytelling. It didn't exactly give any solutions, but if you are interested in just learning more about the government's dealings with this crack and corruption and conspiracy, definitely check this out on Netflix. Um, okay, a couple more things to watch. Coming up, we have Outside the Wire. This is a movie starring Anthony Mackie and Damson Idris, who is from Snowfall, so that ties it in perfectly. Uh, this is kind of like an action, futuristic type movie. I truly don't know what it's about, y'all. I can't tell you what it's about, but it just looked good. It looked very interesting. I love me a good action movie, and I really like these two actors, especially together, so I can't wait to watch that. And also, I wanted to talk about this Malcolm and Marie movie coming up soon on Netflix. So what were your first thoughts when you saw the trailer? Have you seen the trailer? I... The movie was Zendaya and um, John David Washington. I, I don't really know what this movie is about either. It just looks like the I whole love thing. Zendaya, so anything she does is yeah. <laughs> Everything she does is all right with me. It just looks like the whole thing was filmed in one setting, which can normally get on my nerves. But um, in Ma Rainey's, they pretty much only had like two settings. So maybe I won't mind it. Is it point of view or? I don't know because also the whole thing is in black and white. So I'm not sure what direction they're going in, but they just look like a crazy couple, just fighting, making love, just everything in this house. And everybody's like gushing all over it on social media. I think it may have been a play before it was a movie, but um, I actually, you know, I'm interested in the movie because as you said, I love Zendaya, I love John David Washington, but the age difference is the first thing that struck me. They're supposed to be a couple. And in real life, these two are like 20 years apart. So I was just like, um, how's this gonna work? So I ran a poll on Instagram and I asked, looking forward to the film, but how do you feel about the age difference? 67% of voters said, eh, it's a little weird. 33% of voters said, I don't care. So Jesse, thinking about these two actors, like, do you think that's a weird age difference or is it just acting? personally my dad actually he's like 61 and okay is like 30 something so i've said seen your mom not my mom oh. his, his um his his current way oh okay she's like 35 and my dad's like 61 so i mean i it would be different like you see a lot like and i don't even mean to be like the the black and white thing but you see like Scott Disick and Courtney Kardashian like yeah they're with teenagers all the damn time and it's not weird like I feel like as long as you're like grown I think that's more weird over 18 if you're hanging with a teenager when you're like 40 which they're like 40 that's weird as hell but like I mean and Zendaya just has that really kiddish look yeah she still has that kiddish look like she, she looks very youthful she was on Disney. Um, she's in this other show, uh, Euphoria, mm -hmm. which plays a younger teen. She plays a teen, yeah. She plays a teen. So, like, I see her in a lot of these teenage roles. This is my first time seeing her, like, outright as a woman mm -hmm. in a relationship doing her thing. So, 
it was new to see, but I don't have a problem with it. I mean, date whoever you want to date. Yeah, I definitely will watch it, but hopefully younger than me, not that yeah. much, but like a year. But it's like hopefully it's not weird. I don't I don't know. I feel like the chemistry is really there. So maybe the age difference won't matter. Yeah. All right, let's jump into music. So I just wanted to shout out the fact that SZA is collecting fan videos to make a compilation for her Good Days music video. I think this is really dope. I don't I don't know if I've ever really seen an artist do this. Number one, it's probably saving on production costs, let's be honest. Just take everybody's videos and put them together. <laughs> Keep everyone in the house too. Stay yeah. in the house. Be safe. This is a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm excited. Maybe I will be submitting a video. Who knows? I don't know how many she's I willing love to. SZA. She's but if you would like to possibly be in the next SZA video, you can submit your fan video to gooddayssizza at gmail.com. She basically said, I want to see you guys happy, crying, tired, sleeping, whatever. Don't and I guess it's supposed to be. She's so good. She's oh. so talented. I just talked about her last week. So it's interesting yeah. now. Um, album is still one of my favorite albums ever oh like, yeah so good i can always go back to that album right and it's no skips like right. full through like right I, I i really hope that she she's been dropping some singles so i hope she has a new album soon yeah and um speaking of new albums jasmine sullivan has a new ep called hotels so this is 14 tracks six of them are skits and so the whole thing's only about 32 minutes long. Some people were complaining it was too short. We expected more from you. Um, but overall, the whole thing is just about women's sex lives and us freely and openly talking about sex. And millennial women, we don't really, well, I, I would say like we're starting to embrace sex and like talk about our bodies more with songs like WAP and stuff like that. But I don't think we've ever really had an open dialogue like this. And she really had regular people come on the EP and tell their stories. Some of them were really sad. Some of them were relatable. There were women on there who talked about, I feel like I don't have much to offer besides sex. Stuff like that was sad. But stuff like the song she had with her, uh, where she was talking about like women will do anything for men. And sometimes it's still not good enough. And all the hoes get all the love. So I just wanted to, you know, get your thoughts, Jesse, about was this EP liberating for you? And oh, she also had features with Ari Lennox and Anderson Pack. So make yeah. sure you guys listen to it. It's called Hotels. But what was your first reaction? Because people are automatically complaining, talking about, oh, uh, these women are so pathetic. These women are desperate. And Jasmine Sullivan tweeted, if you find yourself judging anybody on this project then you just missed the whole point of the project and I completely agree like this is why women don't talk about sex because people mostly men are always trying to shut us down yeah. or higher than thou women yeah you know what's actually crazy like the whole only fans thing like I think that people with that like um they're becoming more accepting like mm -hmm. it is like and on OnlyFans, you can show whatever you want you don't have to show your whole body like and what was crazy i'm in like a mom twitter group chat <laughs> and a lot of them in there have OnlyFans, and they oh, really that their money tripled while they were pregnant doing only wow so people want to see pregnant bellies on OnlyFans. yeah and i asked people i was like is this like a fetish like what <laughs> 
and they were like yeah like i mean i guess like if they're fantasizing about a pregnant woman they know like i can't get her pregnant she's already pregnant <laughs> so uh, interesting so, yeah it's like people i didn't know that people like fetishized pregnant women but women were saying yeah like whatever i can do to do something for my kid whatever and like they some of them chose to not show a lot they just showed their belly and had their arm over their boobs some of them showed everything mm. i'm just like it's your body do whatever you want to do like i don't really care especially now i'm breastfeeding i'll pop a boob out <laughs> i'm not gonna over sexualize things and i'm in my 20s what's wrong with talking about sex that's what you do in your 20s you're experimenting you're having sex you're doing all these types of things like that's uh, with like Lori harvey people are always like oh my god she's a yep ho. i was she's just about 20. to bring that up she's a 20 year old enjoying her 20s yeah i was just about so, to bring up you know, Jasmine's album dropped, everybody's talking about sex, and then Lori Harvey pops out with another boyfriend, Michael B. Jordan. I was not yeah. expecting that. She be, she be passing these boys around. I love it. It was, I mean, who are, that's the thing. Everybody has their opinions about Lori Harvey. First you dated Diddy, then you dated Diddy's son, then you dated Future, now you're dating. Look, I personally don't like to jump from man to man, but that's her prerogative. Who am I to judge? She doesn't even know me. She don't care about my opinion. She got more money than me. She got more niggas than me. So <laughs> wiping them like she's on Tinder or something. Yeah. She's just going out and she's just dating. Like, I feel like no one does that anymore. Like just dates. Like, yeah, that's true. People are just like relationship to relationship. Like me personally, I got married like really <laughs> young and like, I I'm cool with that but like if you don't want to be married like not everybody's all focused on oh I want to have a family right now I want to get married right now I want to not everybody's focused on that yeah like and I've really used to think like oh like if you're not wanting to get married what are you doing it's like you're wanting to be 20 yeah. <laughs> like and I don't have a problem with it like I just feel like women should do whatever they want to do men are never gonna go anywhere they're always gonna be around <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, cause there's, they, they can't live without us. And aren't there like more men in the world than women? So we have yeah. our options. In my opinion, I just feel like, <clears throat> as you said, we're in our twenties. I'm 25, almost 26 years old. Not proud to say I had my hoe face and I'm sorry. Who cause my boyfriend, Who did my, it? my boyfriend listens to this podcast. I'm sorry. We don't like to talk about our past much, but the truth is I had my hoe face. There were people before you and people want to like keep it under wraps, keep it hush hush. But when we talk about it openly, like Jasmine did on this album, we can learn from it. That's the best takeaway from that part of my life. Just learning from it. Learn how to be safe. Learn what you like, what you don't like. How are you going to know? That whole thing about wait until marriage. If you want to do that, that's great. But I would like to uh, figure out before I get married <laughs> realistic in my opinion I'm like I just hate this whole thing where people act like oh sex is not important like if you really love them then it'll be popping like girl bye like honestly <laughs> like we like we all like if we don't all like sex like super big but like me personally like that's a big yeah like, big in my emotional connection our intimacy like our chemistry a lot of things play into sex agreed important in a relationship communication trust all of that like 
So it's important. Like, yeah. if you don't want to get your back blown out, that's great. But I, <laughs> so. And I'm not advocating for women to go out there and taste every color of the rainbow because I definitely want people to be safe and you know make sure you're laying down with the right person because you might get back up and have a baby with the wrong person so make sure you are definitely picking the right person but I just think that it's not 1950 anymore and we should be able to talk about sex on a whole album without being judged like this like anybody who didn't like this subject matter from Jasmine or whatever. Like, I don't think she cares about your opinion because she getting rich regardless. <laughs> when men don't mind about sex when they're selling women on bottles of stuff and they want to use them as bottle girls. They don't mind about sex when it's profitable and convenient for them. But when women want to liberate themselves and talk about sex on their own, then it's like, oh, she's a hoe. She's easy. Exactly. I mean, going back to the WAP song, when people are like, oh, this is so raunchy. We shouldn't play this on the radio. Are you kidding me? Do you know what kind of stuff Future be saying? What kind of stuff all these men be saying? <laughs> like, and there's all types of shit all the time, like vulgarity and music, like, and y'all be talking about straight up abusing women. Yeah. And all types of stuff and passing women around and all types of stuff and getting women pregnant and leaving them behind. And we're all in the club like this is a bop. But if we want to be like, we're passing niggas around, we're fucking who we want to fuck, like, then all of a sudden, like, it's an outrage. Like, who right. cares? So I like this album. Make sure you guys go check it out. It's called Hotels. It's spelled H-E-A-U-X, Tales. Clever. <laughs> all right. Now, speaking of women in power, Madam Vice President-elect Kamala Harris was on the cover of American Vogue. This is a February cover. So technically there were two digital covers. There was, I, this is the hard part about a podcast. I have to explain to you guys what it looks like. I, hopefully you guys have all seen it. Basically the one cover, she was in like a black pantsuit with Converse sneakers and it had like a pink and green background obviously a nod to her being an aka if you guys didn't catch that and then the second cover was more of like a tan neutral background and she had on a powder blue michael kors suit so the the only one that got printed the print cover that you actually see on newsstands is the pink and green one so many people said the pink and green cover where she's wearing the converse is kind of lazy it's too informal and I just wanted to get your opinion, Jesse. Like, did you have a problem with that cover? Did you see a problem with it? I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> but I think that's like her style. Like, she's really just like the, her entire demeanor is just like a laid back girl. Like that girl from the kickback at school, like that you're still mad cool with. Like, yeah. I could see myself going out with her having a drink with her like she's very personable like exactly i really don't care what they're wearing our present um first lady be naked all the damn time she was naked all the time ain't nobody got nothing to say about that <laughs> so, i don't care where would you want like i wouldn't wear it though yeah not no converse I wouldn't do it. But. Yeah, I actually ran another poll on Instagram and I said, how do you guys feel about this cover? 48% of people said, I don't see a problem. And 52% said, not a fan. So it's kind of split in the middle. I just feel like 
Yeah, like you said, they were trying to replicate her personality. You know, she's been seen wearing Converse and Tim's before, but I just feel like it is Vogue and they could have dressed her up. The powder blue Michael Kors suit was gorgeous. I don't know why they didn't just go with that one. They decided to do the other one. And a lot of people were just saying like, as the first, huh? You think they did it out on purpose? That's what I'm saying. The, the editor-in-chief the editor in chief claims, like, we talked to Kamala's team and, like, she didn't have a problem with it. But then I saw something else that said Kamala preferred the blue suit picture. And I do, too. She just looks more prestigious and regal. And this was the first Black vice president yeah. on Vogue. And that's the photo you guys chose. I don't see a problem with the photo itself because I do want to shout out the photographer. He was a young uh, person of color. So I'm glad that they're giving more opportunities. We have to think about the fact that Vogue barely has Black people on the cover to begin with. So having Kamala on there is a step in the right direction, but the whole Converse thing, eh, they should have just went with the blue suit. And that's another thing, like, I think, like, I personally think that the Black one is on brand for her. Like, I think that is her brand. Like, I remember, I think it was Simone Biles, that was on there yeah and that one was not the lighting was no off. like yeah. everything was everything was off about that like and she is a very like she has like eight gold medals she's an amazing athlete and they just they did her so dirty with yeah that. and you know people were people were really critical about like her body physique and all that i just feel like people are a little bit over critical like yeah i really do think that that's who she actually is like with the converse and the pantsuit i think that's who she actually is i think she would have preferred if she didn't even have to wear a pantsuit at all <laughs> chilling in some jeans and like a baseball jersey like yeah. she's just a super cool person but i mean she is going to be the vice president so she does need to bump it up right they could have put some heels on and and then people were also complaining about like oh she looks whitewashed look Kamala Harris is already light-skinned and when you're doing photography you have hella lights on you so yeah she probably does look a little lighter I don't think they did that on purpose I don't think it's whitewashed I think she's a light-skinned she's a light bright woman yeah. I've been there you know sometimes you look a little washed out when the flash yeah. like that's just what it is well, I don't see a problem with it, really. Uh, as you said, I think that people really are just overcritical. Yeah. That's the problem with social media these days. Everybody has an opinion. And um, I don't think that she's formally said anything about the cover. Um, it is what it is. I, I just think that we should celebrate the fact that she's on the cover. And really, at the end of the day, do we really care what Vogue does anyway? Like, I know that Vogue is like the highest standard of fashion, but Vogue was, is really for white people. So does it really, do we expect them to do right by black people? No. <laughs> if you want to see a good Kamala Harris cover, they probably should put her on Essence or Ebony. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of social media and people having their opinions, current, well, for one more week, current President Donald Trump has been banned from basically every social media platform. Even YouTube said that he's banned. And some people were questioning if this is a breach of the First Amendment and freedom of speech. Some people, meaning Carrie Hilson, has something to say. In girl, girl. She's always getting dragged, so she's just she just loves to be dragged. On. <laughs> like she's just one of those people who's always has the unpopular opinion. I mean, like 
she, I mean, she had points, but his direct language and his ideology and everything about him, it incites violence. Look what just happened. Mm-hmm. Like, and we all forget that during that debate, he told those people to stand down and stand by, mm-hmm. and they did. And then they showed back up and he's just like, oh, like, I get how you feel. Like, so nonchalant about it. He is literally supporting terrorism. Yeah. Nobody wants to call the people, the white people that come here and do stuff, terrorists. They want to, oh, you know, they were- Domestic terrorism. They were troubled, you know, their mom was, you know, an alcoholic (laughs) and blah, blah, blah. It's always this excuse, always this excuse. But like, I'm like his- it's against their policies. The stuff that he says. That's what I was going to say. Anyone who thinks this is a violation of freedom of speech, sadly is mistaken because at the end of the day, Twitter, Facebook, these are private companies. They can kick anybody off that they want. We've seen, we've seen Instagram ban people for posting a butt cheek. They could ban you for anything they want. So start your own app and exactly. (laughs) And you know what? Um, Another thing I was going to say is like, Okay, so freedom of speech, whatever, whatever. But as you said, when you start spewing hate and inciting violence, yeah. people don't we think like you can't say bomb on an airplane. You can't say fire in a movie theater. And that's how I feel like this is. Yeah, like it would be free speech, but I'm bet you they're dragging me off that plane. Exactly. If I'm saying stuff like that. If I'm in a movie theater and I'm saying I have a gun, like I'm gonna do this, like as a joke, like there's people that's not a joke yeah you going to jail there's people all the time that are like um on xbox they be talking crazy as shit and like you could get reported real quick off of what you say on xbox live and get sent to jail like he needs to just realize he's not above the law he thought he was and now that he's under a microscope he's realizing he's not and he's bitter about it right and um So this week there was whispers about Trump being impeached, but we didn't know for sure. So I ran a poll on Twitter and I said, do you want Trump impeached with only one week left in his presidency? 82% of voters said, yup. And 18% of voters said it's too late now. So as we know, this week Trump was impeached for the second time with a vote of 232 to 197. So he was charged with incitement of the insurrection. And a a lot of people are like, wait, he's impeached again? How how is this possible? Yes, if we recall last year, 2020, Trump was impeached and his last charges were abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. So I thought to myself, has anybody else ever been impeached? Like what other presidents got impeached? Clinton was impeached in 1998, uh, not directly for having uh, an affair with Monica Lewinsky. It was more so the fact that he perjured himself. He lied under oath and said that he didn't. So he was charged with perjury and obstruction of justice. And then before that, the only other president to be impeached was Andrew Johnson in 1868. Nixon doesn't count because he resigned before he could be impeached. So this is really unprecedented. Like a lot of people are saying at this point, why impeach a man when he only has a week left? Do you still feel like victory and justice was served now that he's been impeached or you like, it doesn't matter now. Um, well, he won't be able to run. (laughs) Yeah. So I was looking into that and it appears, well, for some people who don't know, 
Um, now that he's been impeached by the House, he has to go to a trial in the Senate. And um, actually, Mitch McConnell said that there's no chance the Senate will complete this trial prior to Biden's inauguration. So it does look like Trump will serve his full term as president. And um, if the president is impeached in the Senate, then he could be disqualified from benefits given to former presidents in the post-presidents act, including a pension and yearly travel allowance. So I think there are some pros to him being impeached, even though it might seem like too little too late. At least, you know, he won't be able to get his pension. Well, we have to cross our fingers that the Senate actually goes through with it and um, does not acquit him again. But yeah, what do you think? He's just embarrassing. Like, honestly, he's so embarrassing. Like, I just can't, I don't understand the people that support him. Like, I'm not saying any candidate is perfect because it's politics. So, I mean, they're all about the bullshit, like a lot of them. But, like, he's so embarrassing. Like, he's literally 80. And he's <laughs> Like, it is the most, I've never seen a grown-ass man act like this, like. I've never seen an 80-year-old man still get spray tans. I don't. Yeah, like, what are we doing? Like, and <laughs> then, like, let your hair bald. It's fine. Yeah, that toupee's flying away. Let life happen. <laughs> if you're gone bald, you're gone bald. It is what it is. He's just so embarrassing. Like, I could go, we could be on this podcast for, like, a year talking about how embarrassing. Yeah. And the thing is, his supporters will really follow him to the grave. So it's like, he just got impeached twice. Everybody in America hates him. Like, and they still will wave that flag. So I don't know what it's going to take for people to realize. Maybe they never will. But the thing is- There was flags before he was running. When people were supporting a candidate, it would only be the thing on your lawn there was not a flag before yeah. he became president. So it's just like the new Confederate flag. Exactly. Like, and some people were saying, you know, now that Biden's won, we're not going to start waving Biden flags. We're not going to start wearing Biden hats. Like it's just, his, I've said it before, his followers really seem like a cult. Like they yeah. just- And they have the nerve something. to call Democrats brainwashed but you guys are out here printing out Civil War t-shirts yeah. and going on government property and killing people. I didn't know that they had like a noose and gallows like for Mike Pence. I had no idea that they did that. They had, they're just like, it was insane. Like, and the media, the outrage, like the outrage that we got for the Black Lives Matter protests, like that's not what's happening here. Like, mm -hmm. but what about all you Republicans that was like Blue Lives Matter up and down, but you guys killed a police officer on government property? Yeah, like the black police officer, right? Yeah, like black. and injured plenty of other officers. Like, so I mean, it's just all, I just think everybody's about their conveniences, like. It was black, it was blue lives matter until it wasn't until blue lives were in your way. Yeah. So now you had to kill and hurt them to get your point across. Like they are like they are a cult, like you said, yeah. a cult. And, and on top of that, most of them are anti-maskers. This uh, this insurrection was a super spreader event. So now they're saying there a lot of people are testing positive. So wow. thanks to you guys for coming into the Capitol without masks and spreading COVID. And then um there was something else I read about, oh yeah, so now that some of these people are being identified, they're being fired from their jobs and I'm glad. 
I wish they got more. I wish they got more than getting fired. They deserve to go to jail, but start somewhere. So yeah, exactly. Jobs, get them out of positions of power. Let's start where we can, because obviously we're not going to ever get full justice the way we want it. So we just got to take it a little bit as it comes. So get them out of their positions of power. I bet a lot of them were in management and, you know, I saw something. One of them was a, an Olympian. An Olympic athlete out there with the con Confederate flag. So embarrassing. Yeah. And then, uh, well, this was a little funny tidbit. I saw on Twitter, some black kids were out there selling Trump shirts and they were like, hey, we don't believe in this stuff, but we're going to make money off these idiots. And I was like, that's the way to do it, young black man. <laughs> and people will buy it. They're like, oh my God. Yep. Like, you you got to make it profit where you can. So I salute those young men. But now with the inauguration being next week, uh, even Airbnb is cracking down and they are not with the shits. They're not letting people rent in DC that week because they're afraid. And honestly, I am too. I don't want to turn on the inauguration live and see something go down. I really hope and pray that uh, God protects Kamala and Joe Biden. Yeah, Kamala Harris, really sorry, did. not Kamala Biden. <laughs> we really did sleep on them. Like, I, me personally, I thought as soon as like the decision was made and the votes were counted and they said that Biden was going to be the next president, all shit was going to go down that day. And people mm -hmm. were like standing by, like, yeah, you know, they were sending out people, the cops were heavy, like they were like, oh, something might happen. And they had us sleep because we were like, oh, they didn't do anything. Oh, it's fine. And then as soon as the real decision was made, here they all came, like right. caught us by surprise. So I'm well, very, very nervous. The thing that. is, we have four years of this, so I don't know what else could happen. Yeah. But how how are you feeling? Are you feeling optimistic for the next four years? Pessimistic? Uneasy? I mean, I I think a lot of people don't realize too because they call Democrats like brainwashed. Like as soon as Joe gets in here, we're on his ass too. Like our objective was to get Trump out of here, but we're gonna be just as critical if he comes in and does a bad job. We're, you know, we have a standard and we're now really able to voice that standard. So um, we're gonna hold them to it. And people don't think so. They just think, oh, like you guys hate Trump so much. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. true. Like, and that you, and you don't even know that Biden can be bad too. All candidates can be bad. Right. But gotta hold them accountable and that's what i we're gonna be on his ass like and we want but i do want success like yeah country as a whole like i have a daughter now like i want better for the world i'm raising her in so agreed that concludes another episode of Young Black and Opinionated. Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on the show. You guys can follow her on Instagram at jessieproctor26 and follow her on Twitter, jessiex06. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Miss Chris D. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. As I said at the top of the episode, uh, YBO has a new YouTube channel, so you can follow that, Young Black and Opinionated. And also new, we have a new email, helloybo at gmail.com, so you can share your compliments and questions there. And last but not least, you may have heard the new theme song that was produced by Brother Ash at Maplewick Records. Until next time, bye.